Welcome to K-Explore's Emerging Research. We're focusing on research that's happening right now. It's science so fresh, you haven't even heard about it yet. I'm Stacey Cochran. And I'm Kim Winslow from The Knowledge Exchange. Farmers markets give farmers a chance to sell directly to consumers, test new crop varieties, and easily enter the market with low costs. Before the pandemic, attendance at farmers markets was declining. Could data collection help farmers market organizers improve the quality of their market, attract new farmers, and help keep this community staple going? Today, we're talking with Darlene Wolnick, the Farmers Market Support Director with the National Farmers Market Coalition, and Christy Welch, a program specialist with direct marketing at the Ohio State University South Centers in the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. Darlene and Christy work with the market organizers and farmers, giving them the tools they both need to be successful, like direct marketing templates and support, networking opportunities, and educational programming. Farmers learn how to be competitive, which can boost their income potential, and local communities gain access to nutritious foods in a vibrant community space. But it's their emerging research that we really want to talk about today. Welcome, Christy and Darlene. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great. We like to start our podcast with a get to know you question, but we have so much to talk about today. I'm going to make this quick. What job could you never imagine yourself doing? It's tricky. That is a tricky question. (laughs) I guess um, as much as I love the job that uh, Dean Kress does, and she does it very well, I would not want that job. (laughs) Uh, Echoed. Yeah. Well, I have uh, a lot of, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana normally, and I have musicians in my family, and um, I am pretty tone deaf, so I can never <laughs> imagine being any sort of musician, and people should be grateful I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, find your passion, do what you love, and yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. Darlene, what kind of musicians do you have in your family? Well, my uh, my nephew is one of those wonderful millennials who can do play many, many, many instruments. He Ugh. plays in bands in New Orleans, and he teaches music, and he can record. He's done film uh, scores. He's done a little bit of everything, and of course, he's very, you know, he's very modest about it. And I had a great uncle who was also a Bourbon Street musician back in the forties and fifties. So there's a little bit of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I wish I could. I have pictures. All I, all I can do is, is look at the pictures. Oh, my goodness. Very cool. So, Darlene and Christy, you have a really interesting project going on right now, how you are assessing data collection efforts by farmers markets around Ohio. Can you tell us a little bit more about this emerging research? So, Christy and I have worked on farmers market experience and, and training over a period of years, different conversations we've had about how to help farmers market operators to build their capacity, um, you know, meet the demands that they have, increase their impacts. And we have always thought about this in terms of the culture of the place and different, you know, Farmers Market Coalition is a national entity. So when we go to work with a uh, educators or a state association in that state, we want to understand what's happening there first. And so we're very lucky to have Christy and Jamie from Ohio Farmers Market uh, network to work with on this project. Um, there's also a whole series of, exp- of, of of things to think about around the types of markets. Market types, of course, are rural, 
market is not going to operate the same way as an urban flagship market. A market on a campus is going to be very different from a what we might call a food security market. And so this these ideas of the characteristics of how the markets operate, as well as the culture of the place, is really the first thing that the research is about, understanding that by going out there and talking to those markets, those market operators and asking them to tell us what their challenges and what their ideas are, are around. Markets are already out there trying to do data collection. And, and farmers are also using data to make their decisions about their businesses. And if they can compare that in the different markets they work in, then even better. And so that's really what we came into it with that, that basic idea. The other part of this project um, is to help our extension educators, whether those be our ag and natural resources, our family and consumer science, community development educators, to just help them understand that there are opportunities for them to interact with their local farmers markets. And as a general rule, farmers markets are usually under-resourced. Many of them are volunteer run and managed. And so to have the opportunity to help increase the awareness with our extension educators that there's opportunity for them to partner with their local farmers markets to help them be more successful. Um, A lot of the farmers markets throughout the state offer food incentive programs. And so that makes perfect sense for the FCS and SNAP-Ed folks to interact at those locations. Well, and I really like this idea too. Um, both of you were mentioning this interaction at multiple levels, right? You know, we're talking about different types of markets. We're talking about our extension educators being able to collaborate with our farmers markets across the state and Darlene at, at your level across the nation. Uh, when you're talking about that collaboration, is there a level of teaching going on about not only what data has been collected, but what data can be collected across these partnerships? I will um, say that that's one of the aspects of this project, what we're looking at As Darlene mentioned, all markets aren't the same, so they don't have the same need of the information or data collection that they need to do. So the great thing about this project, and really uh, Darlene with FMC is leading this particular part, is to figure out what what are some data points that markets want to collect that would be useful for them. So Darlene, I don't know if you have any more to add about that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of what we like to call data points. We like to use the term metrics as a, as a, as a way to describe the things that they should be collecting. And oh, about seven or eight years ago, I actually did a little bit of a research uh, work to look at what farmers markets had been collecting and what kind of reports had been done on farmers markets over the last, let's say, 10 years. And from that, collect the data points or metrics that we were seeing again and again and again, markets collecting. And there were about 170 different metrics that markets or researchers were collecting on markets. And they really ranged from what we like to use the different capital. So economic capital, obviously, ecological capital, but also social capital and intellectual capital are the main four areas that we focus on at FMC because we found that markets were looking at those areas and how well they were representing their community and in increasing or changing those types of metrics. 
And of that 160, 170 uh, data points we found, we actually operationalized about 30 of those at the beginning of our work about seven or eight years ago. So we looked at those and thought, well, of those 160, 170, how many kind of the markets themselves actually collect? And we found that of those, if we could get them to about 30 or 40, and they would all collect those same points, they could easily collect them, they could easily use them, and their partners like Extension would easily also be able to use them. And so that's really where we came to it from. And yet we're also always looking for the innovative new metrics that markets are collecting. Christy brought up the whole issues of work around food access and incentives and SNAP and FM&T that markets, of course, lead food system work in. There's a lot of new data points around that, including the idea of how do we actually see behavior change among the users of a market, not just the consumer or shopper, but also farmers, right? And how farmers change their business model or become multi-generational because markets are are successful for them. And so their children are able to stay on the farm and actually become part of the business. There's a metric to be able to collect that's obviously very, very profound for very, for many parts of the state. I would agree, Darlene, and, and I think it's very important that we keep in mind that farmers markets are such a great entry point for new and beginning farmers because they can have that direct interaction with their consumers, get feedback about their products, improve products if they need to do that. And I'm very interested in us um, helping that next generation of farmers be able to be successful. Um, As you all know, the average age of a farmer in the United States, I think, is uh, pushing 60 years old. And so there's going to be a lot of transitions over the next decade or so. That's a really good point. No, and that's what a friendly way to be able to access the community uh, for those beginning farmers. Exactly. Yeah, we had a research uh, project that we covered uh, status and changing face of Ohio agriculture that also pointed to that, that the average age is uh, rising for farmers. So encouraging that younger generation is so important. Um, Darlene, you mentioned operationalizing some of that data. What does that mean for the communities when you're looking at all these different data points, all of these different metrics for different areas? um, How do you take all of that data and put it into a format that's accessible for uh, extension educators or those farmers market organizers. How do markets actually communicate? Who do they communicate with? Who do we need to tell this story to? As, As many people know in this field, but not necessarily the entire public, markets are actually managed by someone or some group. There's an intention to them the modern farmers market is is designed in such a way that they are trying to address a need or a mission. And yet that data and that idea is not well known uh, among the public that these these entities are often in any way, whether they're for profit or nonprofit or government you know run, they're often mission driven. They have a purpose. And so we start with the audience. We ask our market operators and our partners, market partners, to think about who they want to communicate the data to. Are they talking to the folks who already are on board with them? That's fine. Funders, 
you know, their city stakeholders and they just want to show the impact. And so that's, that's an easier to, place to find a metric because then you're looking at something you can agree on. Let's, well, let's look at the impact of this market on the neighboring businesses. Let's go find out if our shoppers actually go to those businesses and how much they spend by coming to this area of town. That's easy. Another way is to go to market and markets and market partners and talk about who's still not convinced that markets are successful, have an impact. You know, maybe they just need a little bit more information about the underpinnings of what a market can do. You know, the idea that they're a great entry point for farmers. Not all farmers know that. There's obviously metrics for that. And then how do they also tell that story? So we often tell it in a very simple graphic uh, way. So I started to look at reporting and it's, you know, it's wonderful to see good, solid, text-heavy reports on people's desks. But of course, no one is going to read those at a market and farmers do not want to leaf through that right. uh, in between <laughs> putting out tomatoes, right? So we created really more of infographic style reporting and we really, um, I think, lead the way in that. Markets are great at using social media so they're able to tell a better story. We're also hoping that they do things like, you know, take a video of something and tell a story while they're walking through the market of, of an impact point. So we're always thinking about new new ways of doing it, but it's definitely about a single data point often. And that's a really funny thing about what we do find in farmers markets. The counter and one the one thing that's a little counterintuitive is that markets, what they do collect data, often collect too much data. They want <laughs> lots of data. They get into it, but then they don't use it. And so we were mm-hmm. often saying to markets, you know what, actually collect a little less and think about how you might use that data point again and again and again. And you could use it on social media and you can use it on your website and you can put it in your email signature and you can put it on a sign at your farmer's market. So that's some of the ways we're doing that. And you don't want to fatigue the people that you're asking all of this data from um, as well. Exactly. Christy, I'd love to ask you specifically. So knowing, Darlene, I think you set up the purpose behind this work beautifully in looking at how this data collection is really helpful to individual markets and how it can be used to improve individual market success. What were some of the big questions you were hoping to answer for Ohio, both from, you know, our individual farmers market, but then markets, but then also looking across the state, what were some of the things you were hoping to do with Darlene and, and with this Thayer grant? We actually started putting this project together before COVID impacted the world And so one of the things that we were seeing anecdotally was it appeared that the number of shoppers at at farmers markets was declining in in certain sections. And so we were were hoping to look at the number of shoppers, um, help our farmers markets do that to see if, in fact, that was actually happening. Um, And if so, what we could do then to help markets try to change that trajectory. I do have to say, uh, since COVID, it appears that the demand for local food, especially through farmers markets, has increased dramatically. So I don't know how much that will change over the next couple of years. But I would just want to say, too, just real quickly that You know, when Darlene was talking about some of these markets collecting so much data, they got into it and they really wanted to collect all this information, but then they didn't really do anything with it. 
I think, again, that's a great opportunity for our extension educators who are used to doing research, working with data sets um, to help those markets make decisions. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Well, and I'm curious too, Christy, have you noticed that because there's so much data gathering happening at these markets, across these markets, that you've seen potential opportunities to also look at questions in these other sectors that uh, Darlene mentioned before as well? That's a great question, Kim. And yes, we do see that. You know, it seems like everybody's really interested in the economic impacts. And of course, that makes sense. But there is so much more. And there are markets, for example, that will um, collect the number of acres that their vendors are farming and if they're using sustainable practices. And so the ecological impacts that way then can be reported throughout that local community. As far as having um, trends across the state, we really can't draw any specific conclusions because we haven't done a data collection project statewide for a number of years. I would love to do that. Um, Of course, it takes resources and, and funding to do that, but that's something we'd certainly love to look at. Wonderful. So I know we talked about these different metrics. What is the ultimate impact for the communities and the farmers when you have this data? What um, I'm thinking about what they do with it when they get it. What are the changes that they can make? As Christy said, you know, as we as we start to see, you know, more data, we can start to we can start to look at trends, and then we can see that policy can change and research and funding will shift because of those trends that show the positive impacts of market. Um, but what we saw during the, already through this, you know, the COVID era, what was interesting was that as soon as um, this crisis hit, people started searching for healthy ways to, to deal with the, the world that they were going to have to live in. And farmers markets, as Chrissy mentioned, saw a huge increase in the average sale when they did measure that. The, the farmers that were selling protein, for example, couldn't keep it in. So that is a really great way to be able to note that when a disaster happens or an emergency happens, farmers markets are very important to, to communities. And, and one of the things we're doing at the Farmers Market Coalition is working with a national cohort under with USDA uh, and the Agricultural Marketing Service Department to look at the mitigation of COVID, to look at how all these different channels dealt with COVID and what are the resources that they, and the innovations they came up with. And as many, as many researchers have already told us um, and others, farmers markets pivoted quickly and rapidly and did it with a lot of sensitivity um, to their vendors, to their shoppers, to their neighborhoods, to their communities. And so by being able to uh, grab that data and push it out there right away, we're able to make sure that markets are seen as essential and they're, they're deemed as such during things like this. They're given support for doing this kinds of work. They're, they've given more capacity. And certainly farmers can make better business decisions based on the ideas that markets have the capacity, that they can compare their business data to a market level data as well, which is, I think, really helpful. Those are some of the ways, as well as just the idea of how we can look at uh, the, the community social, the social capital is really interesting because that's one of the areas that we're able to say, look, markets um, attract groups of people. People shop in groups at markets. They hang out. They meet up. 
to go go, go shopping. Right. Where do you see that happening? (laughs) Multi-generation. Grandma and grandkid are at the market together. These are the kind of impacts we can make huge and make some real interesting investments in the long term. That's great. And I think that it was an opportunity for more people to be exposed to a local market or the concept of shopping locally uh, during COVID, for sure. I think something that I'm really enjoying about this work is that it's multifaceted. So we're hearing that there's data collection at the local level that's going to help our farmers and our farmers markets really understand how to use data, not only to understand their particular situation that much more, but also potentially work with other farmers markets or work with their communities who are similar in order to grow the particular, you know, economic or environmental or social, you know, situations around them so that we can continue to learn the impact of these particular uh, pieces of our communities. And then we're talking about, you know, as Christy was mentioning, the influence this has on our extension educators and bringing that even further out into the state. And, And I just love how this has this ripple effect. So I'm curious from both of you, when you hope you'll start to see some results from this and when you hope Uh, you'll start to share those with both market organizers, but then also uh, the greater public, what you hope that will look like. So let me just say, Kim, that um, we have been talking to and asking questions of many markets throughout Ohio this season. So I think that we'll have some preliminary information Um, towards the end of this year, beginning of next year. Um, And then as we continue over the next year's Um, We, of course, will share the information um, out through a variety of different methods once we get those um, reports compiled. Hey, Kim. Yes? (laughs) It's time for our Dream Big segment. Oh, my gosh, my favorite. I know, so exciting. Christy and Darlene, if you had unlimited resources, grants, time, support, people, What big questions would you research? They're overwhelmed. (laughs) I mean, I would be too. (laughs) You're right. That's a huge question. I think in in terms of what I do at Farmers Market Coalition, I mean, you think about it. There are 9,000, around 9,000 farmers market sites in the U.S. There's maybe more. We don't actually know the numbers. That'd be good knowing how many actual farmers market sites (laughs) precisely we have in the U.S. (laughs) Right? USDA would be like, yay, good for you for saying that. And I think then I really think that the question is just that idea of how these interventions, because that's what a farmers market is. It's an intervention. It's a community engagement. How can we really allow them to be um, uh, to be dynamic and contextual to their place? How what do they need in each of those places to really pick out the resources they need quickly and get going as as, as fast as they can to really make this thing as nimble, the food system as nimble as it can be, and and let it interact with the civic, you know, municipalities and counties even and even more of a dynamic way. And we're working on that even on the worldwide level. We're actually working with a group of uh, farmers market coalitions around the world now. And that same question, we're learning what we have in common. And there's a lot, this very kind of question, which is at the most local level, how do we make sure that there are still dairy farmers 
and there still are, you know, um, you know, pawpaw trees coming up in, in 30 years from now. And how do we make sure that the environmental future of a place like Ohio, which has so many resources that are going to put it into a situation where it's going to be really, really vital with the fresh water and the temperate climate. How do we make sure that small farmers remain in the game too? How do we make sure they're not edged out by the, the increase in demand and that sort of thing? So that small is local, small is beautiful, and just local communities. And I would totally agree with you, Darlene. And as I mentioned earlier, my real passion is to help our next generation and beyond uh, farmers to be successful. And of course, part of that is uh, they have to be profitable or we're not going to attract new farmers into the industry. And so I think not only by collecting this data and seeing how it impacts those new and beginning producers, But again, to have that opportunity for our extension educators to see where they can come in to support those new growers through programming or just support of those markets. Okay, well, I'm going to take this one step further and I'm going to ask, who is the dream team you would pull together in order to do this research? Of course, we are thrilled to have the support of Farmers Market Coalition and the Ohio Farmers Market Network on this particular project and and, uh, SARE uh, funding to get the work done. Um, So a dream team for me would be um, those two partners, FMC and Ohio Farmers Market Network, but also somebody that uh, could really take a deep dive into the economics of these uh, vendors that sell at farmers markets individually, as well as the markets as a whole. Um, that's really what I would like to see. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree with that, Christy. I think that in Dream Team that mindset, I I'm always interested in uh, you know the, all the intellectual power in that local community. So when you think about a farmer's market coming together with that dream team, you know, that might be local businesses, though certainly are local farmers, that might be environmental activists that are, you know, folks working on justice work, people that are essentially, the way we think about the farmer's market, you know, field right now at the FMC is really, it's about system change. That's it. That's its goal. Yeah. Yeah. The reason we have farmers markets is to create just change systems. So anyone who has got the the you know the guts to do that and think on those levels, we would want them. Fantastic. I had no idea that there was so much more involved in a farmer's market. You know, I think you go there, you're shopping, you meet the farmers, you see a wide range of products available. I never even thought about the uh, the whole system that was involved in that, about bringing up a, a younger generation and and exposing them to the market, uh, the impacts of the local community, the whole sustainable agriculture concept. Um, what what big takeaways do you feel like you want people to get from this research project? I know we talked a little bit about how they might use the information, the data that you've collected, and once you assess all of it. Um, but what are you hoping that this research project will do long-term um, impacts for farmers markets, for communities, for farmers? I think one of the main goals here is, is as we've alluded to throughout this entire um, conversation, is to bring the extension educators and farmers market operators closer together. You know, there's, there's just two wonderful spheres going on here. 
and we and there's a lot of things that both sides can learn from each other. Market operators are moving very quickly at the ground level to innovate and iterate. You know, market day to market day to market day, they tend to be in market day mode all the time or market season mode and not thinking about the long-term trends or the analysis or the impacts they're making or afraid to, that they're allowed to say that sort of thing. So I think that's, that's a huge, that's a really, really big, big part of that, I think. And, and then I think as you bring up with around food access, you know, um, Markets have are really the innovators in a lot of this food access work. I mean, the idea of doing the wireless machines with the wooden tokens, that that whole model came to this field from market operators. They came up with that idea and they said we want to do it. So that's what we're we want to see more of those and, and more people understand these kind of innovative programs that are available because there are many of those in markets across the country. Wonderful. So much expertise that they can share uh, in that network with those opportunities. Christy, is there anything you're hoping uh, in particular here in Ohio that Darlene hasn't touched on um, that, that you're really hoping to get across here based on the research that's going on? Thank you, Ken. And yes, of course, I love farmers markets. And so I hope to see them around for many decades to come. As Darlene pointed out, of course, they were so essential uh, during the crisis of the COVID pandemic for access, as well as, you know, with the nutrition incentives and benefits programs that farmers markets offer. That's a really critical access point for food insecure Ohioans. And so we want to keep them um, vibrant and the ability to bring all kinds of people together to build community. And that's the other part of markets that I think is so overlooked and Darlene touched on it are the social impacts or the social capitals generated um, through farmers markets in a community. It's a safe place for people to come and to shop and to interact with each other. And so really just trying to help uh, folks understand that farmers markets are more than just a place to buy and sell local food. It brings so much more to our communities and our state. Exactly. And, and the podcast that we recorded before yours talks about, um, measuring those benefits, those cost, um, costs and benefits of farmers markets that are more uh, intangible like that. So um, wonderful. Yeah. You know, we've really enjoyed talking to you, Christy and Darlene. I think that uh, this is really pulled together for me. When I think farmers markets, uh, I think Stacy mentioned this earlier, I think strictly that economic component. I think about the economic impacts. And so what was nice for me to learn today is that there's so much more beyond that. Now, granted, I think something that's really salient about this particular opportunity in front of you is that we could learn some of the impacts that farmers markets had during this COVID-19 crisis, which I think will be an important thing to consider because, you know, unfortunately we will face crises in the future as well. I think it's neat that you're able to bring this data gathering piece to farmers markets so that we can really learn so much more about that element across our state and across our nation. And then also being able to collaborate with our extension professionals. So thank you so much for being able to bring that to us. I know I learned so much today um, and I had a great time talking. So thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Great conversation. 
And thanks for listening to K-Explore's Emerging Research. Want to explore more fresh research from the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences? Visit kx.osu.edu.